The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad that you are with us today, and we're going to continue to talk about the topic, well, topics really. We've done three, two weeks now of dismantling, excuse me, disrupting, dismantling, healing, and restoring. And if that makes no sense to you at all, you haven't listened the last couple of weeks, you can go back and pick it up. But Robbie, what's, what's some of the stuff we're talking about on this disrupting, dismantling that we covered the last few weeks? Yeah, if you've lived any length of time, you know, certain things just like you lose your job or maybe you find out you have cancer or you all of a sudden your life takes a tremendous turn and you're trying to figure out what's going on and where's God in this and, and those kind of things. Yeah, that, that disruption that, that occurs that, that takes you off of a plan. It can be a big life plan. It can be a vacation plan. It can be lots of different things, but it's a disruption to the plan that you try to make. And, and honestly, if you want to be truthful about it, as we try to control our lives. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so it takes us out of that control place. And then this other, next process that starts is dismantling, which is really just taking away and taking, stripping away the, the bad stuff, stripping away maybe some false beliefs or some things that, that need to get out of the way so that God can put a great foundation for you to build upon so we can get to that healing and restoring. And over the last few weeks, we've went over that disrupting and dismantling. If you didn't get a chance to, to, to listen to those, you can go back to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and get that. Um, we also have several shows on healing and restoring, so we're just going to combine those together this week. But it is a process that God's always doing in your life. Andy, can you think of a time that that hasn't been happening to some degree in your life, that you don't have some level of disruption, dismantling going on? No, I think we always... We always have some going on, um, some greater than others. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, I know I have a major one that I'm kind of going through now, but uh, but but on a daily basis, you're constantly thinking, and, and it could be something as simple as, um, you know, being, being corrected on, uh, you know, maybe you didn't respond to a situation properly yeah. or whatever. Something that simple, and that's one of some of the smaller things. Or, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's diet, or maybe it's you know different things that God, ha- you know, you normally in your course of ac- daily course of action you wouldn't necessarily notice unless He does something to to get your attention, to get your focus off what you're normally accustomed to doing. Oh, it, it, if you're like a lot of people I know, and I'll just say it like like I was significantly for a number of years that. I had everything planned. You know, my day's planned out. I'm going to do these things. This is what I'm going to get accomplished, almost like a to-do list. And I would get so incredibly frustrated when that would get off a plan. Right? And looking back or looking from the outside, you see it is about control. You know, I was trying to control everything. But learning over time, living in this topic, trying to get the eyes to see it, you start to say, okay, that's where God's trying to do some work. So am I going to fight the disruption or am I going to kind of step into it? Right? Am I going to resist the dismantling because it's not very comfortable sometimes? 
I'm going to trust that he has me. And when you can do that, you can get to that healing and the restoring part. Right? That's really what he's after. He just has to get all that stuff out of the way to get to it. We're going to go to a clip. It's going to take just a, a moment to set it up. It's from a movie, RV, and if I would have thought about it, we would have probably used clips from it for the whole this whole series. But if you haven't seen it, it's got a little bit of language in it because it has Robin Williams, but it is a family-oriented movie for, like, teenagers and uh, uh, older older young kids, you know, 10, 11, 12. RV, like recreational <clears throat> vehicle. Yeah. And, and so what the premise of the story is, Robin Williams is an account executive. Uh, there's a younger guy trying to come up and kind of push his way into his position. He has a newer boss that isn't a very friendly guy, very demanding, very quirky, quite funny in the movie. And he's promised his family that he'll take him to Hawaii on vacation. Vacation time comes up, and his boss tells him a couple days before, if you don't go out to Colorado and get this account from these people, this beverage account from Alpine Beverages, then you're no longer going to have a job. So instead of talking to his family about any of it, he rents an RV and tells them we're going to go across country. And disruption is <laughs> rampant <laughs> during this movie. It, it, it's all over the place. And dismantling is occurring. And where we pick up this scene is Robin Williams has finally made it to Alpine Beverage. And it has been an adventure. It has been family fighting. It's been lots of different things. Just It looks like his life is going to fall apart. He has nowhere else to go. And so he goes in, and at this point, he has to decide, do I talk truthfully to Larry and Harry, I think it is, the owners of this company, or do I try to save my job? And this is where the healing starts to occur for him. And so we're going to listen to this, and we're going to come back and talk well, also about Also, one it. other yeah. point in the middle of it that yeah. he wanted to bring out was his daughter oh, yeah. is in the audience. And, you know, of course, you can imagine your teenage daughter when she thought she was going to Hawaii, and now she's on an RV to Colorado. This wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> I yeah. have a couple, and I know that wouldn't go well. But while he's right in the middle of yeah, this discussion, absolutely. he sees his daughter in the audience. And so when he begins to talk about a child, the, this connection, you know, this is where we actually feel some healing of a lot more important relationship, really, right. with he and his daughter. And he under, and he's getting that than it would be with his job. Absolutely. There's just a lot of healing going on here in lots of ways. It's been kind of a, a wild journey getting here. If you ever want to really find out about yourself, put your family in an RV and... Uh, drive. I've seen some amazing stuff. I've uh, fought wild raccoons and won. I've been in the desert to a place where it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. And I met this weird family. I mean, boy, they were strange. You know, whenever a big white man picks up a banjo, my cheeks tighten. In the dictionary under Hootenanny, it says, see them. And you know what's strange about them? They're just honest, good people, and it's an honor to have them as friends. Harry, Larry, it's a nice company you have here. It's your baby. I bet at the birth of your baby, you were uh, kind of scared, right? Excited, but scared. And you didn't know how it was going to turn out. And next thing you know, it's up and walking, and you're, you're trying to raise it. And sometimes you didn't know what you're doing, but you pretended like you did. And uh, next thing you know, your baby's grown. It's bigger, older, more complicated, <laughs> difficult to deal with. But here's the deal. You care about it just as much because you nurtured it and part of you is in it and you're proud of it. You love it more than ever. Thank you. 
And right now, you have to make a decision of whether you want to merge your family with the Pure Vibe family. And I guarantee your stocks are going to split and you're going to have money you won't know what to do with and your company's going to grow. You'll be bigger than a woman in bicycle shorts at Disneyland. And you'll be able to get all that stuff like the ski boat, a $4,000 bike. Bottom line here, Gary, Larry, if you want to merge Alpine and Pure Vibe, I promise you, you're making the worst decision of your entire life. Oh, this guy is a disgruntled employee. <laughs> Couldn't keep up with the younger talent. Look at him. He's off his meds. You're fired. <laughs> yes, the disruption continues, obviously, in this. But you get to hear, Robbie, you're making the point. Thank you for bringing that out. He's talking to these two guys about a company that they, they developed and they brought up and they have this family atmosphere at their company. But he's talking to his daughter. You know, you can clearly hear that. And if you're a parent and you have older kids, you know exactly what that feels like. Because you've went through it, you're going through it, you're going to go through it here soon, right? And Benny, I'm sure at different times in your time with your kids, there were times that the, that uh, you looked at them and said, boy, I love them, but man, I don't understand them. Uh, is this movie the life story of my daughter, Anna Jo? <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, I had restoration done with me, but not by God immediately. Yeah. Uh, it's when, again, when my wife died, I, I was bonkers. And a sister, as Robbie calls me, a Catholicist, I was a Catholic, and a sister come and tried to restore me. And, you know, I first said, how could a lady with a name like uh, Hagen be called Sister Carmelita? I'm expecting to see somebody a little bit different. Well, she just got into my skin and telling me about the restoration that the God is not in me. Let him in. And it'll be easier. Uh, yeah, it's quite a loss. I don't know because, you know, I'm a sister. And I finally found out that after a little bit of time, I knew what restoration was. She hands me the keys. She had to go to Ireland. Her mother was sick. And she gets, just throws the keys at me and she says, take care of the place and just pray to God. I said, are you crazy? You know, and she says, no, you can do it. And she walks away from me. Sister, wait a minute, come here. She says, you can do it. God will help you. That was the beginning of restoring my faith. The restoration came by God taking me and showing me how to restore my faith. Mm -hmm. And... It went on. I managed. I didn't like cleaning the uh, restrooms in the church and, you know, so much things. But she had so much trust in me and restored my faith in God. And then God took over, and here I am, 85 years old, and I think I'm re restored. Hopefully I'm restored. And uh, if anybody tells me I'm not, they got a battle on their hands with an 85-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, Vinny, you had a choice there. Now, Sister Carmelina did help in that, and she was vital. 
But you had a choice. You could have stayed in bed. Of course. You know, you could have said, no, I'm going to be better. I'm not going to let any dismantling of how I feel or how I believe occur. Right. But when you stepped out and you said, okay, I'm going to let this happen, right. there's lots of restoration. Restoration of your faith, but also restoration of purpose. I mean, you went on to do some great things with her and do some things for the church that would not have happened had you not stepped out and said, okay, God, I'm going to let you do some work here. Exactly. You know, I had to go through some pain and then quiet time and understanding with my family. And little by little comes the restoration part of it. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to pick up with Robin Williams and find out, do we leave him in the healing or does he continue on to the final restoration? And we're going to talk to Robbie about some healing he had just probably even like a day or so ago. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Go to maskandjourneyradio.org to register for the boot camp. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support. And Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. This is where the healing starts, and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about this journey, this journey of disruption, dismantling, healing, and restoring. And Benny, as you are talking a minute ago, I'm going to just recap something that I heard in that clip, but also heard in your story and, and lived in my story at times, is what God's often after the dismantling of is perceptions, of beliefs. You know, sometimes it's habits, sometimes it's those other things as well. I mean, they, they need to be broken as well, but... It's those, usually those things underneath that cause you to have those habits that God has to come after. And, and Vinny's story shared, he had some beliefs that he had, his wife was gone and he didn't have a lot of purpose. right? And God said, no, I have lots of purpose for you. Robin Williams' character we're going to pick up here in a minute. But Robbie, I wanted to ask you about, in this, in this movie, there's lots of adventure. right? There, there's all this time that they're going across country. And you told, told me something interesting before the, the show about Gary Smalley. Can you share that with the yeah, he's a family, you know, Christian psychiatrist, puts on a lot of seminars across the country. And I went to one of them one time, and I'll never forget what he said, that they did this survey amongst marriages to find out what's the common denominator among marriages that make it. And, you know, they did an exhaustive survey thinking that it would be the family that prays together or goes to church together or something along those lines. And, yeah, no, nope. <laughs> thank you for playing. As it turned out, the common denominator was families that go camping. And the reason underneath that was the disruption and the dismantling of the disasters and the and the shenanigans that go on. Anybody that's ever gone camping, you know, the time it rained and 
you know, you couldn't go hiking or, you know, the bear showed up, you know, on the screen doors, you know, Vinny's story and all these things that end up putting a family together against some adversity. And when you put them together, as we found Robin Williams in this movie with his daughter, with his son, then all of a sudden, you know, there's a bond and they realize how much they, they love each other and they have that shared adventure. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to go into the clip here. And, and what's happened before this, the, the family he talked about, the crazy family was the Gornickies. And they they just keep showing up throughout this movie. And at first they just seem so aloof and so weird, but as they get to know him, they get to see something in them. That's really pretty cool. This togetherness, this closeness, and these people that hated the RV, the son was one of the most outspoken one. I want you to listen to how he talks about it here, but also how God comes after some more restoration, even with his job. Hey, Dad, are we poor? You know, Carl, there's a lot of ways to measure a family's wealth. I think a family's love. I was talking about money. We're dirt poor. Why don't we sell the house? Yeah, we could all live in the big rolling tour to be homeschooled. Yeah, we'll spend every minute together, just like the Gornickies. That just sounds fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Officer, good day. Okay. Um, license and registration, sir. We had a little bit of a mishap at the lake. I lost my wallet. My name is Bob Monroe. And, um, we got him. We're just ahead of you. Got me? Officer, I know she may look unsafe, but she's tough. She likes to be rode hard and put away wet. Yeah, she spent two days in the lake and they had to fish her out. It means a lot to us. We couldn't abandon it. Yeah, it's like a big ugly pet, really. You got him. Thanks, Sam. We owe you one. We've been chasing you all morning, Bob. I just took one soda. No, we just want you to know we're going national. Oh, good luck. With you? We want you to join us at Alpine Beverages. You, you, you're offering me a job? Yeah. Yes, he'll take it. She's a tough negotiator. <laughs> you just really seem to get us, like a harmonic convergence. Daddy forgot something. Baby, don't interrupt Daddy's handsome new bosses, okay? Sure, but the RV's rolling away. You, you you need to watch this movie. It's got some really good stuff in it. And you know, this RV has been through everything. It spent two days at the bottom of the lake. But yet you hear the son talk about and the daughter talk about, hey, let's just sell the house. And it's a big, fancy house because they don't want to get back to the life that they had. Right? It, it, what they're living is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And that's what they saw with the Gornickies. But they saw love and unity, healing and restoration. And it only came through this whole disruption, dismantling they've been living through the whole movie. Now, that's a movie. So, Robbie, I'm going to ask you a, a question quickly. You, you were sharing us, and we got time to talk about it, about some healing and restoration you got recently, like real recently. Yeah, like yesterday. Yeah, exactly. It was Martin Luther King's birthday. Be but before you get to the healing, let's talk about the disruption yeah, and dismantling. we, we got to go there because, you know, for years, my wife is a very affectionate person, and she would be the first to tell you that Robbie's not. You know, she would hold our kids hours on end and very affectionate and all this. And I'm I'm not the huggy guy that that I think to an extent she hoped for. And so to say that I've gotten a lot of feedback along those lines would be <laughs> really an understatement. And, you know, several things along the way. So I was very aware of this and and Friday afternoon I had some time and I went and watched a sermon by the Sanfords, Elijah House Ministries. They're amazing. And the sermon was on basic trust. And they talked about how in an infant's childhood that he needed to be held all the time, that, that 
you know, a child is supposed to be nurtured and was meant to be held in human touch as a significant issue. In fact, he tells a wonderful joke about, you know, the people that developed Star Trek had a great sense of humor because there was a book in the 60s that you were supposed to put children in crib and never touch them. Well, that resulted in kids that were totally unemotional and completely logical. And so when Star Trek did their series, they called Mr. Spock. Spock is a joke because that's what happens to the kids when you don't, when you treat them like Mr. Spock instead of being, you know, but I realized through this sermon that, wow, I'm missing something because I don't have this basic trust and I did I don't understand that there's something I don't get. So Monday I I'd been in my normal time. I'd been praying and studying and all of a sudden I just started to pray and ask God to come into this. Cause clearly I have issues <laughs> and you know, my wife would make it very clear to you that, that, that she's trying to dismantle my belief system on the idea of, you know, holding and, and those kind of things. And as I'm praying, I begin to see that God is inviting me up. And the way he's doing that is actually through, in my eyes, I can see his glory going up and he's like giving me this, like, come on up, come on up. So <clears throat> I'm praying. I'm like, okay. And I start to go up. But as I go up, stuff starts flying off me, cares and worries. And the more that I let go, the more that I gain altitude. And I'm like, wow, as I let go of stuff, I'm going up, I'm going up. And it's really... <laughs> <laughs> it's quite an amazing feeling as I'm going up and I'm wondering where I'm headed. And then all of a sudden I land right in Papa's lap. I'm in the throne, I literally in God's lap. And as I'm laying in God's lap, I'm realizing, wow, this feels really good. I remember what this feels like. I, I remember as a child being held and God, what's going on here? You, you've, you're working on this basic trust thing with me, aren't you? <laughs> and he said, Robbie, you don't remember, do you? You, don't, you? Let me help put some things together for you. That your other older brother, who my mother named Jeremiah, died prior to my birth. And God kind of just made it aware to me that I, the reason why your parents didn't want to hold you as much is because they didn't want their heart broken again like it was with Jeremiah. And so you weren't held much as a small child. And as I began to make the connection, the more I went, wow, this feels really good. You know, I've got a grand new grandson I've never held. And that's true. I, I haven't held him, but I bet it would feel really good to him to be held on grandpa's lap or maybe my own kids. You know, that feels really good. God, I'm, I'm and, and he was like, well, you know, it's available to you anytime you want to come up, but you got to unload all that stuff <laughs> before you can get up here. And the more I've thought about that, the more I realize that God brought that constant feedback through my wife to say something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. He brought that sermon into my life by the, by the Sanfords to go, look, look, Robbie, do I have to? <laughs> but then, you know, he dismantled that belief and that understanding. Um, and I'm excited about where it's going. And the warfare that you were facing. I'm sure there was warfare with enemies telling me that that's just the way you're wired. Right. Right. And the warfare that your marriage faced and all those kinds of things that, that get dismantled in the process of you allowing God to dismantle the beliefs in you, which is really pretty cool. And, and, and it happens to all of us. It happens at times that 
maybe God does disrupt us or maybe life disrupts us and he steps in to say, hey, I can take advantage of this time. I hadn't even thought of this one until we were on the air, but I'd lived my whole life. Um, I'd never lived alone. I was the youngest of six kids. Uh, I was always with my parents or my siblings. Got out of there, went to college, had a roommate. After that, moved to California, had roommates, got married, gone and on and on and on, had never lived alone. And something about it really just scared me, quite honestly. And so when I went through the divorce this last year and we started sharing our kids every other week, I had to face these times that coming up that I had to be alone. And initially I was really pretty scared and I, I was thinking, I can't do this. I can't make it through this. I don't know what it is to just be me. Mm. Right. I don't know that I'll like me that whole much, you know, a whole bunch, right? <laughs> you know, at least then I can That's distract understandable, Sam. Yeah, I know that <laughs> if other people don't, yeah. No, it, but what I have found is I, I love having my son with me and when my other son's home or my daughters, I love having them with me. That's, that's priority number one. You know, that, that that's warms my heart more than anything, but I've come to really, really love those quiet times because it's in those quiet times I can far, start to find parts of me. Yeah. Right. And so I do, I think God caused my divorce. No, I don't, I don't think he did. I think God probably tried to save our marriage many, many times. Does that mean God's not going to take advantage of those things to try to get healing for all in one way or another? Now, Andy, I know you've went through a little bit of that same stuff along the way, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And and that I have went through the same thing as you, is not really knowing what to do. You know, can I really be alone? I mean, I had been alone uh, as a bachelor or whatever, but it had been some time. When you your whole identity is tied up in the family you're in, and then that's kind of taken away from you. It's... Uh, it's, it takes some adjusting, but there's things from that whole situation, uh, just thinking through it and hearing everybody else talk, is that a, a lot of times we we clutch onto those things that are being dismantled from us, and they're not something that's that e- easy to let go, particularly something that's good, like something like marriage. So it's, it can make it difficult. Yeah, I, I'd had uh, 50, 50 years of always having somebody there, you know, and so... Uh, it's been you know a couple of years now that I've been learning, I guess, 51 years. And so God said, no, we're going to go on a different adventure here since this life disrupted you. But that's what God's doing. He's doing it in my life right now. He's doing Robbie's and Al's and Vinny's and Jim and Jim's that were with us today but not on the air. He's doing it in yours. Life may disrupt it. It may not be God, but he's going to take that opportunity and dismantle some things that aren't healthy. He's going to take that opportunity if you give that dismantling to him to provide healing and restoration for you that you don't even know what that feels like yet. Like Robbie's story, but he's got a story that's unique and individual for you. Won't you let him do that this week?